I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. All right, well, today for uh, a routine check, we're going to do something a little different. Um, but before we get into it, tickets are on sale for our live show all the way over in Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. Actually, no, I, t- I take the Calgary part back when the tickets aren't up for that yet, but they no, will be soon. That's right. Uh, Edmonton show is happening September 19th. Can't wait. Uh, tickets are on sale right now. You can see the ticket link in the show notes of Heckin yeah. this episode in the last few. Or the and, bio link on our Instagram page. And uh, the uh, episode, the uh, live show in Vancouver, September 21st. Tickets are on sale for that show at the Biltmore. Uh, looking forward to it, folks. Head on over to those links, buy tickets. And, uh, and if anybody in the western area of Canada comes to all three shows, hmm. you get a very special prize. And uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil the surprise. Yeah, you don't want to spoil it, yeah. for anybody. But it has a little bit to do with. Sure. Do, okay. <laughs> okay. And don't expect it on the night. No, um, we can't expect it on the night yeah, because yeah. we gotta we gotta put Rupert in a kennel <laughs> and then. Flo- uh, <laughs> right. Sorry. Yeah. Don't give it away. Right. Um. We're giving Brian's dog away. No. Um, all right. So, <laughs> speaking of Brian, uh, we're going to, this week's routine checkup episode, uh, we're going to be doing something like kind of new. Um, w- one thing that I would love to start doing now that we've been doing the show for, you know, fuck, six, coming up on six and a half, maybe even close to seven years. I don't even know now. Yeah. Uh, COVID fucked up time. It's a time warp. <laughs> um, but we've been doing this for so long. We, we have like over 500 episodes that we've published and we've spoke to hundreds of people who are sick. And one of the things we've done this here and there, but having conversations with folks that we've had on the show in the past to kind of do a little like checkup with, you know, how, what's new in their life. We haven't spoken to them in so long. What's, what's, what's the evolution of their um, their illness. So we're like, you know, what has changed since, which makes, since we've spoken to them? Which would make sense for us to do that and release it on these Wednesday episodes because yeah. we call these episodes routine checkups anyway. So yeah. why not do check a, in? Do a little checkup. And do a checkup. <laughs> so today we're going to kick it off with a routine checkup uh, with uh, none other than our very own Brian Stieber um, for two reasons. Number one, uh, we just recently learned that uh, and recently, I mean, in the last, I don't know, couple of years, it's been a time where who fucking knows. Uh, Brian has ADHD. Um, but secondly, we're doing this because Brian loves to talk about therapy, as we all know. And so we just decided, why not give him a fucking full episode to do it, to get it out of his goddamn system so we don't have to hear about it again in future episodes. Wait, was that agreed upon? Is that like a, is that a legit trade-off? No, I'm saying that now. And I'm hoping that he hears it. Oh, okay. Because... We're at the point now where we're going to give Rupert away to a person who comes to all three of our live shows on the West Coast, Vancouver, September 21st, September 19th in Edmonton, and September 24th in Calgary, I think. so. Honestly, that would be ill-advised because Rupert is effectively my therapy dog. So if you give him away, that means that I will only talk about therapy more. Oh, fuck. We're right. at the end of our rope here, folks. This yeah, is, this is it. So, Bri, um, you... Uh, I, I, I guess I'll start this off with, um, you know, you found out that you have ADHD uh, right around the same time that like all those youth were finding out that they had ADHD because they were all using TikTok and just seeing TikToks that um, was were feeding them ADHD content. So they all were like, I'm convinced I have ADHD. Um, That's exactly how I found out about my ADHD. Which actually, I'm fully self-diagnosed. Yo, it kind of is though. Like, like you, like yes, you actually have been told that you probably have ADHD, but it also did happen to come 
it wasn't the, the fact it, that you were seeing a fuckload of ADHD stuff well, on TikTok. So, but the interesting thing is that I actually didn't bring it up to my therapist. So you're right. Like I, I yeah. was seeing yeah, these yeah. things and I was and I was like drawing a connection to the type of content that I was seeing. And uh, you know, it's funny because before this episode, I was um watching some of these TikToks with with Maddie. Yeah. And it's so funny, like scrolling through them because I, I like to watch them with her because it's a really effective way for me to communicate some of the things that I'm feeling totally that I can't put words to. And yeah. so uh, like to, to go back to that, um, the story a little bit, when I first started seeing these TikToks, I was like, huh, like, huh, that's, that's like me, but n- not like sort of doubting the fact that I did have ADHD in the beginning. I was like, that's not me, but I share that experience. That's right. not me, but I share that. I don't have that, but I do have that thing. And so, but then it was like, it was, and as I would start to, so I never actually would like actually scroll through an ADHD account. I would see it come up on my feed. And because I would sit there and watch because it, you'd engage with it, it would, it, it would eventually come back. It would start more. to give me more yeah, and more content yeah. like that. So I would be like, huh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> but then um, it was interesting because I was already going to therapy at this time. And I was speaking to my therapist. And then when my therapist... Oh, interesting. Okay. I, first, yeah. I, I think I thought that you were doing therapy after this, but that's that's good to know. No. And it, and so it was it was early on, though. It was probably, you know, let's say at this point I've been... I've had about 30 therapy sessions um, over the past couple of years. And it was probably around like the fifth or sixth one that my my therapist was like, have you, have you ever... Has anybody ever told you, have you ever heard about... Do you know about ADHD? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I know about it through the experiences that we've talked about mm. on this podcast and I've seen a few videos <laughs> and, and she was like, TikTok? you know what, like, let's start to explore this a little bit. Like right. she didn't say at that time. And, and obviously my therapist can't, you know, diagnose me, but that was when it first started to, the idea first came into my life and, um, she actually recommended a few content creators, funnily enough to go and like check out to, right. to explore more of their things. So that at that point I started to like actually go into those accounts and like start started to like scroll through them and I was like, oh, it's not just one video that I connect with. It's almost all of them. Like right. it's 90, 95% of them, which was really like it was it was I, I honestly can't tell you guys how emotional that was for me. Like it was actually emotional seeing that because I was like, holy fuck, like these I was starting to connect the types of things I was learning about in these videos to past experiences in my life. And I was like, that's why university was so hard for Mm. me. That's why, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And it was like really emotional because I was like, like I was all of a sudden like grieving this person that I maybe could have been if I had known early enough, like if I could have gotten some sort of treatment. So before, like, because I know for this for this episode in particular, we want to talk a lot about like therapy. Um, but before we get into that, uh, just to kind of dive a little bit deeper into specifically the ADHD part, um, since you've kind of gotten this diagnosis officially, mm-hmm. um, what have you a learned about ADHD in relation to yourself mm-hmm. that you like maybe didn't realize before? Um, and like, how are you relating to your ADHD now that you have mm-hmm. a, uh, diagnosis? So it comes up in a lot of different ways. And so, um, to like come back to like the diagnosis part, I guess, like I did, I did then go to my GP who was still working at the time and has since retired. And when I brought it up to him, he went through, so we did a, a test, like I filled out this basically a questionnaire that helps to diagnose you. I thought you were going to say, once I brought it up to him, he went, yeah, dude. <laughs> well, so this is the interesting yeah. thing. Um, he, and, and like, and, and not to like trivialize this, but, but um, when he did, when he was like, yeah, like this is, I mean, you know, based on the scores that we see here and, and your experience and the things that you've told me, like I, I would be comfortable saying that you have ADHD. Um, he was like, I don't want to refer you to a specialist to just get on medication because I don't think that that's the first route of treatment. Right. And so my doctor is like old school, you know, has since retired and was not really comfortable with referring me to a specialist to get medication because 
he felt that in my life, would a specialist it wasn't be a psychiatrist? Um, I'm not sure. So I know that there's a like a clinic specifically for ADHD that you can get referred into here. I'm not sure if it's a psychiatrist or or what type of qualifications that person has. Um, and at that time when he sort of said, you know, like I don't think, like I don't want you to just go be put on medication. I felt like he had his own bias towards that at that time, and it certainly rubbed off on me like I thought yeah yeah like I don't need medication but it's been interesting to sort of now be able to like observe when I feel like um my ADHD is showing up in my life which um can oftentimes be and so there's one like specific thing that I know is that deadlines is really they're really <laughs> important for me in getting work done like if I don't have a clear deadline with a date and time that something needs to be done then it's really difficult for me to motivate myself to do that thing. But the other interesting thing that will happen leading up to a deadline is that I will procrastinate to the point that I am feeling an immense amount of pressure to finish that task. Dude. And only then will I um, start the task and I'll avoid, I'm very like avoidant leading up to that. So I'll like do things that I wouldn't typically do, like yeah. clean my house. Dude, or that like, is me. Like, I mean, not to sit here and be like, I have ADHD too. Well, I, I mean, probably do. But I mean, that yeah. that part, <laughs> fuck. Well, it's I hate that about myself too. Like, I, I fucking hate Dude, and me so it's in, in, that, it's, in those moments. It's interesting that you you say that, like, I hate that about me in that, those moments because that's the way that I feel. Mm -hmm. Like, I, and, and really felt strongly. And um, there's, a, there's a video that I watched recently about uh, comparing laziness laziness to ADHD, ADHD paralysis is what some people will call it. Mm. And um, the the guy's saying like, this isn't laziness. This is like, I'm sitting here guilty about the fact that I'm not starting the thing that I know I need to do. Yeah. But it feels like there is this paralysis of being unable to start it. And like, I can sit in that guilt for so long, knowing that the solution to not feel that way anymore it's is just to do start it. doing the it's thing. Just to do it. And then once you start doing it, you're like, oh yeah. It wasn't that hard. I'm doing right? it. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm and doing it's it. so hard yeah, to get fucking, through that barrier. What's the deal with that? I think that a lot of people could probably empathize with that whether without ADHD in the sense of like, like I, I feel that I feel that with uh, like getting on my bike. Mm -hmm. Like I, I feel that a lot. Like the paralysis of going, I, I should just get on my bike right now, but like for whatever reason I don't really feel like it. But like as soon as yeah. I started, I'll be grateful that I did. I don't feel that in the in the more like broader sense of my life, but like <laughs> when that specific scenario, and I feel like a lot of people could probably empathize I, that way. I think it's um I think that's the interesting thing about ADHD and and particularly why it's hard to get diagnosed for a lot of people is because they assume that like you, you know I might say that to you and you go oh I I understand what that's like and it's true in in that sense in you like do. a particular scenario I and do. and so people it, it goes both ways like people who live with ADHD have a shared experience with somebody who doesn't and the person who doesn't has a shared experience with the person who does. Yeah. So they feel like they're living the same experience. Mm -hmm. But when you actually, you know, zoom out and look at all of the times that that person feels that, um, the person living, living with ADHD feels that way. It's, um, to the point where it becomes, it's causing disorder in your life, yeah. which is what makes it the disorder. Uh, so c coming back to the medication piece because like my my first my my first uh like internal response to hearing that he wasn't um and i and i know this because we've obviously talked about this but um that he didn't want to start you on medication right away my first instinct is like oh that's probably pretty good because maybe let's explore uh you know before we get to a, a prescribed medication let's see if there's like some whether it's like a lifestyle thing like what are the like less or talk therapy or, or talk you know, therapy like or, other, yeah, yeah, like other things. Did he, but did he do that or was it just like, what, right, <laughs> or yeah. was he saying yeah. like, I'll just live with it for a little longer yeah, you know, before I, we do this? I think he was waiting to see if I would like come back and be like, this is still a problem type of thing. Yeah. Um, That's a weird way of doing it. Yeah, I, I know. And <laughs> yeah, he, like, didn't say that yeah. he didn't say that explicitly. I think it's because, and to be fair, I mean, I don't have a, so this doctor was um, in the delivery room when I was born. He was my doctor since I ever since I was born. Holy shit, really? And, yeah. And, That's wild. And so, I mean, he's been around for a long time. And I think um, I went and saw my doctor for like regular checkups once a year, probably until I was 10 or 11 years old. And then 
And then I basically stopped going. And I didn't have any other reasons to go and see the doctor or talk to him. So if I show up out of the blue at, you know, 31 years old and I'm like, hey, you know, I've, you know, I have a, I have a, a good job. I live a comfortable life. Like things seemingly on the surface are going well for me. Um, but there's this thing that I feel like I'm living with to him. He's like, well, I, I think, I think it's easy to look at that situation and go, well, you know, that disorder isn't causing disorder. So therefore like, you know, I, I, I don't want to prescribe medication as the first sort of point of treatment there. And he didn't recommend, um, any other options. But fortunately, my therapist has been really good and she's always recommending um, different things like whether it's reading material or types of treatments that I can try. And interestingly enough, uh, I'm meeting with an occupational therapist tonight, um, which is kind of so she recommended speaking to this OT who specializes in working with people who live with ADHD and um, off the back of coming off the back of the conversation that we had. Uh, with an occupational therapist, I and and knowing the value that they could provide. Do you guys remember when we had that conversation? Yep. Mm-hmm. I, yep. Like I was thinking, I was thinking, wow, this sounds like something that would be amazing for my life. Like having a sort of person who can help develop specific tools for the way that you function in life and to assist you doing the things that you need help with on a day to day basis. So I have an OT intake session tonight, um, which was recommended from my therapist but like coming back like to tie this into the the medication side of things i'm i'm open to trying medication and and at the times in my life where i've been incredibly stressed like you know the last few months leading into this um, period of time where i've felt like i'm on the edge of burning out a lot of that burnout comes from that like adhd paralysis and putting things off and procrastinating and then having to meet deadlines, but then deadlines are piling up. So then I'm trying to do all of these different things at the same time with this like incredible sense of urgency. And, you know, um, no matter how many to-do lists or productivity apps or things that I try to use to make that easier in my life, I feel like the only way I can actually stay on top of all of my things is to just keep them in my head. And so I'm constantly thinking about all of these things and trying to juggle all these things at once and until uh, to the point that it, it, it makes me feel so overwhelmed and stressed and then anxious about trying to finish everything in time that I wish I could just get over that ADHD paralysis and do the things earlier and ahead of deadline. So why, why haven't you taken the step to get medication yet? So because I think I haven't, um, like, are you just experiencing ADHD paralysis for getting the meds? Um, partly, (laughs) partly and, and partly, but also, um, I, so to be totally genuine about this, one thing is I'm afraid of taking medication because I do like who I am and I see myself now as a neurodivergent person who lives with ADHD. But I, I, to me, what that means is that society for the typical person and our expectations of the way that we should live has not been built for me. So like, and and I think of like an example as like a nine to five job, like and, for and me. You want to maintain your multi potentiality. Yeah, 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 exactly. But like, I, but I think of like that nine to five job idea. Like I know I can never do that, and and you know, doing this podcast is part of like me, you know, being resistant to that type of of life. And if I had to get a nine to five job to um, pay my bills and survive, I feel like medication would be a necessity for me. Okay. Okay. So, hold on. Hold on here. I feel, I feel like this conversation is very ADHD. <laughs> just, just hold on a second. Why are you like you saying that you are not going to take the medication because you're afraid because you like who you are and you're afraid it, it, it might change who you are is assuming that by taking the medication, it's going to make you a different person, which you're not, you're never, you're not going to know that until you actually give it a try. The other thing is that like a lot of the stuff that I'm hearing you say is that you are you are, you are like burning out. You're experiencing ADHD paralysis and all these things, which are like yeah. the things that I, that I assume you are to say, like, those are things that I wish I didn't have to deal with. But then there's the other parts of it, like being neurodivergent and not wanting to like be a typical person who would like work nine to five. Like those are the things that you are like 
happy about that make you feel good about who you are. Right. But wouldn't what like wouldn't you say it would be interesting to explore the possibility of taking medications to like mitigate those parts of you that you don't love and those parts of you that actually make it really hard to like stay on track and get certain things done yada yada whatever yeah yeah so i i i hear what you're saying and i feel like that is true that it would be a worthwhile thing to explore but i also don't i also think that there are things that i am doing actively to try to um mitigate the you know feeling of burnout and stress that i feel so going to therapy has been a, a huge part of that. I am aware that through, you know, a commitment that I've had over the past year that is now finished, um, that added an incredible amount of stress to my life. And I've learned from that experience. And now with the sense of sort of like awareness that I've had through going to therapy, realized that that was causing a lot of excess stress in my life. So like setting boundaries is really important. Going to therapy is really important. And also now instead of maybe instead of taking medication, I feel like this OT occupational therapist is sort of like my next step. The next step. Right. Like, right. Okay. I, I will you. try this. Yeah. Right. If this can help, then maybe medication isn't <laughs> right. in my future. If not, then I'm I'm open to it. But I would be so, lying if I didn't say that I wasn't nervous about it. Right. So you're so basically what I'm hearing is that, you know, your GP before he retired was like, I don't think medication is the way the route to go right now maybe there's other avenues Mm -hmm. and you are currently in the process of exploring all those avenues that you know of so far totally i will also add though that the stigma around taking medication is is very real i mean i had this conversation with my dad you know four or five months ago when i talked to him about the prospect of taking medication and he was like you don't need that. Yeah. Like, see, that's and, so funny to me because like, like, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming just because of the nature of my life, having taken medication since I was fucking born, like, yeah, that, that not in your sphere, it's not in your experience. It, exactly. But also, even if I came up against that stigma, like say I, I told my mom, Hey mom, like, I, let's say I got diagnosed with ADHD and I told my mother, and she and I was like, I think I'm gonna get medication. My mom was like, Oh, you don't need that. I would I would be like, but I do. Like uh, I don't like I, I it wouldn't like bother me. I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't find it annoying or I wouldn't be like yeah. hurt that people would like that that stigma exists. Do you yeah. feel that like do you feel like you can you can brush that off? Like when you say that he said that, I think of like my aunt being, you know, like appalled that I'm not Christian. Yeah. And, and me being like, yeah, like on whatever. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I feel like on a conscious level, um, yes, I just like, I just shrug that off and go, well, that's fucking dumb because, you know, like I feel like rationally and consciously, I see the way that medications like this can benefit. Right. But are people. you offended by it? Oh, no, I'm not offended by it. But, but the, you just there see the is, stigma but that, at that, a subconscious level, like. I wonder if that plays into the, the, part of me that is like hasn't gone um, i'm a little bit hesitant to like consider that as the next option for treatment because it it is weird to me that you are hesitant like like if 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 the if the tables were turned and i was in your position dude i I would have medication the the moment the the doc the therapist was like have you ever heard of adhd i would be like yeah cool give me the meds like let's let's, let's see what happens well i mean we're well then we're on the exact opposite fence i because i see that because i i go well at if it's possible to not, I would like to not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah, and, yeah, that's, and, and, I'm, and I'm the, I'm the complete opposite. And, and I'm I like, guess, and sure. that makes, and that makes sense. Yeah. Like I've been, yeah. I've been, I've had like o- almost nothing outside of a couple of things, but like exceptional health my yeah. whole life. Whereas, you know, you've dealt with CF your whole life. So obviously very, two very different life experiences. I just, um, and I also just love taking drugs, right? <laughs> right. Like, Let's right, see what guys. happens. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a mid ground though. But your, um, your, you know, I, I feel like you're in a, I mean, especially with what we do and we're always talking about it. And obviously mm. if you started medication, we'd just probably talk about it more. So you'd probably, probably. in such a great <laughs> yeah. um, uh, environment to sort of like reflect upon, not just with yourself or with like Maddie, but with people outside of, of your, you know, like your, uh, of like you and your partner to reflect and, and, and think and talk about and your, and your therapist to go, mm. you know, how is this medication treating me? Is, are these Am I am I experiencing uh, feelings of like feeling like a different person, or am I just feeling like the things that I didn't like are now not 
a problem anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's almost like I said this to Jared when we when we were when we went away for that weekend and we played chess that first game. Yeah. And I went and I went, you know what was really exciting about playing my first game of chess? Wondering if maybe I'm a chess a chess savant. <laughs> like, yeah. who knows? Maybe yeah. I maybe we we set up that chessboard and I go, oh, I'm a world champion just in waiting. Not the case, but interesting nonetheless. So I I, I think about ADHD medication in, in that sort of similar sense to you of going like, hmm, like maybe, could it unlock my like, multi potentiality? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. maybe you'll yeah. just take it and go, holy, I'm shit. limitless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I can, you know, all these things, yeah. and you know, maybe which all and that's the reason why downside. that's the reason why I would be like, fuck yeah, let's try it. Yeah, like because again, my whole point is. Maybe you do, maybe you do start taking it and it's like, oh, I don't like who this makes me. Sure. Right. And then in that case, like, I, I mean, I, you know what? I, 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 I'm kind of speaking out of school here. I don't know. But, but my assumption is that it's probably not too hard to start taking something like that and then just stop taking something yeah, like that. Right. So, so ADHD medication is like low risk <laughs> in terms of like you can start it and then yeah. you can, I think you <clears throat> yeah. can try it and then you can stop so, it if so, it's not working. For you. Exactly. So, like, that's my point is like you get on it and you go, eh, I don't like me now. Like this, I, I feel dull or I feel like whatever it is. You know, my dick doesn't work. <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> then you just go, could eh, be anything. I'm going to stop, <laughs> you know? But, but again, maybe you take it and you go, holy shit, I'm. You know, that's that's kind of how I felt when I was when I was gonna when I was going to try the CPAP machine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know. I sleep fucking I, I feel like I sleep great. And so, like, I don't feel like I need it. But maybe if I take it and I use it, I'll be feeling ec- like more. Yeah. More restful than I've ever felt in my life, which was not the case. That's I started really using it and I went, this fucking sucks. Yeah. And, I, and then I stopped. And that was exactly it. It's right? a really good analogy. But I could it, have. You, you know what? You know what? Actually, sitting here thinking about this because you got you guys say those th- things and it, we and it gets my brain you into, into taking drugs. Well, the interesting <laughs> thing is that it gets my brain going. I mean, I've been peer pressured into taking Adderall before, so it wouldn't be the first time. But uh, that's right. But the interesting thing is that it's not like so. This is the first time that this feeling has ever come up about it. Hearing you guys talk about that because the things that you're saying rationally, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. One of the stresses that I feel in my body when you're saying that is like, oh, fuck. But then I have to remember to take it and <laughs> uh, yes. that in and of itself. And I think that's the most interesting thing I find about ADHD is that the nature of the disorder itself makes it really hard to do anything to help yourself yeah. in the situation. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Now, I don't, I don't mean to pay. I don't mean to sound like an like an like a. I don't want to patronize you or sound like an yeah. idiot because I know that I've given you little tidbits of advice that are, like were really helpful for me, but not so helpful for you yeah. in terms of organization, like but, making a to do list. Yeah, I mean, well, I feel like it was slightly more like <laughs> like you know uh, effective than that, but. Um, <laughs> An alarm, like you got an alarm. You always have your phone on. You have an alarm. That's what I had. To, that's what I and, did. And the alarm for, just goes um, off, and you just know that if the yeah. fucking alarm goes off. I take my medicine. You know the crazy. That's what I did for Trikafta for two months, and then after two months, I was, I don't need the alarm anymore. I say like, I that knowing it. that yeah. that I know that your reaction to that will be like it's just not that simple for me. Yeah. It is, and it and it's true because when I set an alarm, I can have an alarm for. So I use alarms all the time for like cooking or whatever, especially when I was getting like those Hello Fresh kits because you know exactly like there's writing you were that's just gonna like bust out into an ad. Like I was like, <laughs> whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, but when you when you get those in, and there's like the instructions, like this has to cook for twelve Chicken, minutes. <laughs> spicy Alfredo. <laughs> so I I would set the alarm for something and then or like you know when we're playing video games guys and i put a fucking pizza in the oven and i set an alarm on alexa if we're in the middle of a game of like Warzone, and yeah, i but- say alexa stop and and i keep playing right. there's a really good chance 
that I didn't even really hear. It didn't register, yeah. and that pizza will burn. But and I, I think, smell it. I think anyone who plays Warzone would know that that's exactly how that works. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. That's not an ADHD. Yeah, yeah. That's everyone. Yeah. That's fair though. But with like the alarm thing, I'm yeah. worried. Like, uh, yes, I agree. It would definitely be more helpful to have that. Yeah. I just also think that. It, I mean, I think I could do it. I think I could take side, the pills. On the flip side, if you set, if you if you do fall into a crazy, crazy habitual. Um, uh, uh, behavior of taking the medication and it, and like you know you do it without fail for a really long time this is something i see with kyla who's been taking well she doesn't take birth control anymore but she was on birth control for you know a decade or more she was on she was on she was on she's on thyroid medication since she was yeah. like a, a small child that she'll go she takes that in her sleep basically yeah. like she does it all she, it's yeah. subconscious so she'll if so you know every so often she'll be like wait fuck did i take my medication. That's me every, almost every day. I go, fuck, did I take my pills? And I'm like, I have And no like idea. Kira's like, you did. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, cool. Thanks. Like, it's, you know, it's great to have a nurse. But here's the other thing about that, that point, Bri, is that when you do, I think there is uh, something to be said for the power of just doing when you start something that you subconsciously and consciously know is going to make a huge difference in your life. Yeah, for so sure. So like, again, yeah. like, if I get put on antibiotics for, you know, a lung infection, <laughs> dude, it's mm-hmm. a real struggle to remember to take that shit. Mm-hmm. But when I took, when I started taking Trikafta, I didn't need that alarm. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm fucking, I'm fucking I'm just, taking this shit. Yeah. Like yeah, this shit's you're, big You're excited deal. to take it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, th- there could also be a little bit of that in the process of taking the medication that oh. we are pressuring you to take. I want to yeah. say another thing that's difficult about, um, taking medication or getting prescribed medication is the fact that I am on a wait list of a hundred thousand people in Nova Scotia to get a family doctor right now. Yeah. And without hundred thousand people, over a hundred thousand people are on a wait list to get a family doctor right now wow. in Nova Scotia. Yeah. But are and you going to say without that, you can't get referred to a specialist? No, no, like I, because I could go into like a walk-in th- clinic or something yeah. like that. But your, your therapist can't do that. Um, I'm not sure. Possibly. I haven't asked. Actually. I would say can. probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good question. I, I will actually ask her next session. But the but here's the thing is that, and this ties into another um, factor, facet of ADHD, is that what seems like one task to somebody without, without ADHD versus compared to somebody who has ADHD, is, is it's two totally different worlds. So um, for example, what I'm trying to say is, is taking medication or getting medication to most people, it would seem like, oh, just go get medication. To me, I'm constantly trying to figure out how many steps are involved with that and yeah. what does that involve. Yeah. And uh, a way that that affects my life on a day-to-day basis, or one way that it affects it, um, is a good. Here's a good example of a, a conversation that Maddie and I recently had, and I think I told you about this, Taylor. Um, Maddie said to me the other day that she wants to go on more picnics, and to her, she was like, mm-hmm. she was like. Let's go on, we can go on a picnic. We can um, go and have a picnic at the beach. And to me, that immediately made me feel overwhelmed because the first place my mind went to was where are we getting the food? Yeah. How are we going to get there? Yeah. What, how long are we going to go? What time of day? Like, are we going to go at this time and then come back by this time? When we get there, what are we going to do? Because like, we'll just sit there and then like, yeah. then what do we do? And so like, there's all of these different steps that are involved and I was really unaware of of how my brain worked like that until I started to notice. And the thing that's been interesting to sort of like transition more into a conversation about therapy, um, I didn't know this until I started to go to therapy because I would feel, she would say something like, we should go on a picnic. Yeah. And I would feel anxious. But you and didn't like, know why. And I didn't yeah. know why. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I was like, yeah. why the fuck is this? But knowing now yeah. that I'm like trying to figure out what are all the steps involved so yeah. that I can manage that. Does your therapist, <laughs> ha, or has your therapist, because um, when I hear you say that, I go, okay, I totally understand what you mean. It's like, it's like, it's like, uh, it's almost like when you open up a, uh, when you open up a bad site on like Windows. You had all these pop-ups. And you get, and you get like 10. <laughs> a bad months, site? 10, like 10, what kind of bad site, Tay? Like a bad, like, like a bad site. Yeah. Like one that makes me feel. I, like, I, like, like one that makes one me that feel. Do, one that just automatically plays that noise <laughs> and really. <laughs> and it's a cartoon. And you're like, fucking fuck up. Yeah, and, and it's an, I was thinking of sports betting. Um, right, 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 right. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Yeah, like you're trying to get a UFC stream. And um, 
and it pops open everything and you, and it's like and 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 it's like really you just wanted to like collapse it all into this one thing and and i think and i go oh okay i i understand i i get that like you expand one experience or one circumstance into like the the like the like 15 components that make up the mm-hmm. actual thing like doing um, the dishes like, yeah oh i gotta do this yeah. this this and this and this I, I, so so i mean the i know that the more uh chill and logical way to think of that which your brain seems to not be capable of given the circumstance is to just hey is, dude, whoa dude he's got adhd <laughs> is, to, is to just pull is that is to just pull the thread and uh, of an experience and by what by that i mean like pull the thread and and tackle the things that come along with that experience as they come. Like, so when you go to get medication, it's like, well, what's the first step of doing that? And that's like the only thing that you need to think about. And I'm not saying that that's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if your therapist, if is that something that your therapist tries to accomplish with you to try and make it more of like that pulling the thread of an experience so that you can just take each component as it comes or, in, and like methods to try and accomplish that yeah. given so living with ADHD. So I would say it's um, more about first understanding when that's happening. So like, let's take the picnic example for a second. Um, when I when Maddie asked me if I want to have a picnic and I feel anxious, it's first going, "Why do I feel anxious?" So before I even go to like, "What are the steps?" Like, "Whoa, why is this making me feel this way?" Like, my like someone my my girlfriend who I love is asking to spend quality time with me. Like, why does that make me mm-hmm. feel weird? Where does that come from? And then I go, Oh, because I'm overwhelmed with stress <laughs> around all these other things that I have to do. And now I have to add those steps to that. So then I start to think of the steps. And I think when I start to think of those steps, it's not about trying to get rid of the feelings that come with them. It's one sitting with those feelings, knowing that they're why they're happening and then going, okay, I can start to do this thing because I'm only feeling this way because it's overwhelming for these reasons. But sort of to the other side of that is like noticing when I'm feeling that way a lot and when that's starting to build up and then setting boundaries and going, oh, say no to more of those things, Mm -hmm. which, which can be really tough at times. So like I'd say the biggest tool that I've worked on with my therapist when I'm feeling that way is is like how to set boundaries and say no and that can come as a big challenge for me because I take everything emotionally like I feel like the emotions and I and you know something else that's come out of therapy a lot is like the need to like want to people please and be a perfectionist so like in my relationships I want to be the perfect person for my friends and my family and my partner and so you know I oftentimes will sacrifice my own feelings around a situation to be like, oh yeah, I can do that. I want to do that. I let me do that. And and so like with the beach situation, uh, going to the beach for a picnic, I'll say yes that I want to do it. I'll feel anxious about doing it. Going and doing all these steps to get there will make me feel stressed out. And then I don't show up in that place as like the best version of myself because I've gotten to there and there in a way that doesn't honor like the way that I'm feeling and I, and Mm. yeah. So like, I think that is the first thing is like knowing what experiences are making me feel that way, trying to understand why, and then sort of be that observer of that, be okay with it. And then if it's getting to be too much, still say no. I don't, I don't mean to bring this uh, too much back to the medication bit, but like, that is a good example. Aren't you, aren't you like fascinated to know that like, if you were taking, taking medication that, that, and that scenario comes up and and you go yeah let's go for a picnic <laughs> and like the and like all those things it, your brain doesn't just like expand out into all of the things i had because, a really cuz it's a cuz yeah. it's a focus thing right it's like you're it's like you're almost too focused it's like i don't think it's not like a lack of focus it's like you're the too focused they are hyper focused yeah. on <laughs> you know like you zoom like you're zooming in i see all the parts right away and then seeing out. all the parts of that is overwhelming mm, yeah. um but it, but I, I, I also feel like, like you're saying, like, isn't medication interesting in that sense, for sure. But then also, I feel like in some of those moments, those feelings that I get can also make me the best, ver- best version of myself in like a, in a way that is like a caring, kind human being yeah. who cares about other people. But you're assuming that you're going to lose that by taking meds. 
Well, I really, am, yeah. you don't know. I am, yeah. You have no yeah, idea. I am. Yeah, and you're right. Have um, you looked into that at all? Like, have you looked into no, what no. Like, what common <laughs> symptoms there are, like drawbacks? No, I haven't. Or? Also, I, I should say, um, the only reason that, like, I feel like we can sit here and, like, talk to you about medication this way is because it's you and us. We Like... Totally, it yeah, would be yeah. so fucking weird for us to have this conversation with a guest that oh, we yeah, don't know. I wouldn't you know, that. like, never. I would, I would definitely. I, I feel um, really comfortable with you guys. But just for people, who, like, for people who are maybe new to the show, and, like, sitting in, going, "What the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Like, what yeah. are they doing?" I feel like you guys We're, know. We what, know each other very well, and and also because I've like, it's not like this is the first time we've ever had a no, conversation. No, 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 we talk about <laughs> like, this fucking ad nauseum, and also um, just to like to just and <laughs> talking about speaking about ad nauseum <laughs> on 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 this point, I mean. Like it must be frustrating for you guys at time with like Taylor, for example, like getting the digital master done for Monday episodes. Like this yeah. is my responsibility to do this job that it, it isn't stimulating for me in our business, but has to get done. And I have a deadline to for, do it. For folks who don't know, digital masters is something we have to do every week um, <laughs> for the podcast. But um, like, it must be annoying for you that, like, in that sense, I could understand how you would be like, man, if you just fucking took medication, maybe that would be easier. I haven't had that thought, and it's only minorly annoying. Uh, but now you've implanted the thought, and he's gonna have it next time. Um, I do want to, before we come up to time here, um, I do want to kind of dive a little bit more specifically into the therapy part of things. Mm -hmm. um, but before we do, did I tell you guys the conversation I had my, with my mom about me and ADHD? No. I asked my mom. I also, do you think that you might you might have ADHD, Jer? So I think, like, I think probably for sure I do. Um, I, I asked my mom. I was That's like, an interesting sentence. Yeah, yeah. I think probably, I think probably sure. possibly for sure, one hundred percent, maybe. Um, I asked my mom uh, recently. I said, "Hey, when I was younger, did any teachers talk to you about me and like say anything about ADHD?" And my mom was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." And I was like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, God, what? Like, picture what? your mom speaking and so she goes, clearly. Oh, well, I th there was probably Do the accent. There was probably no, there was probably like three teachers <laughs> that like took me aside and said, hey, you know, do, do you, have you have you gotten Jeremy tested for ADHD? And um, I was just I was just brushed it off. And I was like, why? Oh, you did it there. Just brushed it off. I just brushed it off. And I was like, why? And she goes. Oh, I, I just chalked it up to, you know, you, you always had a big imagination. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> that's such a, that's yeah. such a hilarious vaggery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you always had a big imagination. It's like, you know what, mom, it's true. I do have a big imagination, but also if you had three separate teachers say, Hey, Jeremy, I think like Jeremy might have ADHD. And then I was like, wait a minute. Is that why I had a helper in like grade two? And my mom was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I had a woman I had to fucking sit with in grade two. And I was like, was I, could I not read? What the fuck was wrong with me? Like, was I just like way behind? She goes, no, 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 no. You were uh, right. Yeah, you did. You sat with the woman, but it's because you were just a little hyper. And I was like, so I, like I was basically in the resource class. Like I had to be pulled out of class and shit because I was so disruptive. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, and you didn't think that was ADHD. And she was like, I just, I don't know, Jer, you know, you just, you have a, you have that imagination. And I was like, fuck me, man. I could have like, if, if maybe, maybe when I was back then, like if I had actually gotten looked at or maybe. treated or diagnosed or something, it would have been a very I different mean, it does, story. It does, totally. it does, but it does, but it does seem to be something that came up over the last, um, probably like just before the last few years. I think that, I think that broadly as a society, we had come to an agreement that there was an overprescription of of ADHD in a certain in a certain demographic sure. or not demographic generation of kids. sure hundred percent. But like an overprescription or an overdiagnosis doesn't mean that there weren't no, a no, bunch of, of people that did. No, right? no, 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 definitely. Yeah. And and, and, and I, have a feel, I, I, I have a strong feeling that I was yeah, maybe, that kid. yeah. Because I mean, I I what like I was a fucking. I mean, therein lies the problem I was of like how kid. to properly. You know? I mean, especially Maybe, something. Sorry, I, so, I don't mean shit kid as in like if you have, if your kid has ADHD, they're a shit kid. I mean, I was like like, no, I, was like a hellion. I was a problem. Yeah, you were a problem in the child. classroom. Yeah. Like it was, in, and it wasn't because I was an asshole. It was because I was just like yeah, constantly so, and, and I think that on I th the go. And I think that the overprescription, uh, from how I understand it, problem arose was because was because that there could be a lot of factors as to why kids 
behave in a certain way yeah. and it became a, yes. a sort of like yes, knee jerk yes. mm-hmm. sort of default yeah. let's just let's just make this diagnosis instead of doing a bit of a like a multi-layer yeah. dive into why that yeah. might be happening yeah. I, I actually asked my mom the same question and um and she said no that no teachers had ever brought that up and i actually um did really well in in like elementary school and junior high and high school yeah and so it was never there was like no never a perceived problem with me like taking in information Mm. um but i also didn't try hard like i didn't have to i mean like study the thing learn the thing it would be fine but i also was i was a bit disruptive in class like like was always like so wanted to socialize wanted to to do these other things um that like wasn't the work because the work was kind of boring to me Mm. um which is what actually so there are like uh, in reading about this there it is a it's not an uncommon situation for people with ADHD to sort of like thrive up until the end of high school. And then when when you go to university and there's actually you know, you actually have to apply yourself and work yeah. hard, then they tend to struggle immensely because you haven't had you haven't been able to build the habits of what it means to like study or yeah. you know, teach yourself material on your own. So right. if you're not yeah. going to class and like you're not actually studying on a day-by-day basis then you end up really and, struggling and probably failing. compounded by the fact that if you are not like fully enthralled with what yeah. you've chosen right. to go which, to university which, totally. for yeah. yeah and that's why i didn't start really thriving until like late high school you know like when you started having the ability to like choose, choose your own choose class. your own yeah. classes yeah. university i was like fuck dude if i had the grades i had in university that i had in high school i'd be I would have gotten fucking scholarships. Well, that's the other challenge with um, (laughs) university is that uh, most courses that you take are, or most programs that you go into require a foundational year of study that is like general knowledge. So you're not actually, even if you take a specific degree that is going to help you, uh, allow you to do a specific job when you graduate, even in those degree programs, it's like general knowledge first year. And so I just really struggled. Like I didn't, I tried two universities to um, different programs for yeah. first year and and didn't make it yeah. through either one of them um listen uh we're we're kind of uh, coming up to time here but there's one thing that i wanted to dive into before we wrap it up um which is that i know that it and we've talked about we've heard about this on the show we haven't really talked in depth about it but emdr um mm-hmm. uh which is a type of therapy uh i know that you had recently kind of like dived into emdr with your therapist so mm-hmm. can you give us a bit of like a, a sort of Breakdown on like what EMDR is to your knowledge and yep. and what it was like. Yeah, so EMDR, um, it was interesting. What the first my therapist actually started using it with me pretty early on, even though I didn't really understand what we were doing or or like what the goal was of it. But EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization reprocessing, and basically it's a way to connect your, from my understanding, connect your thinking brain to your feeling brain to like your emotional brain. So your your therapist will like hold a what sort if of you've object. only got a thinking brain well yeah that's you and that's really hard for you to understand this but there's these things called emotions that we can also experience huh? it's really crazy crazy um I, I experience them very intensely but uh she like will hold this stick up that has this little like silver ball on the end and will sort of like slowly move it horizontally across like my field of view and then out of your field of view behind <laughs> you and up your rectum yeah. <laughs> and then i start to process a lot of things <laughs> very quickly uh, very intensely but uh <laughs> but the interesting thing is like i was really skeptical about this when um when she first started doing it i mean it sounds like it sounds so, it does sound like woo woo but i mean totally, yeah. dude you know this andrew is, huberman talks about so, it at, at length so um, we it's, really it's very it, it's it's legit i mean i feel like i'm going to do it a disservice talking about just my experience but we should definitely have somebody on to to talk about this we should have somebody um, on and have them do it to us so well i mean I it would be a pretty boring experience i don't know if it'll be that immediate how, 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 <laughs> no no okay so so, ah, well, maybe so okay so listen to this so um in my first like let's say i've done this now 25 times or so every single time up until the last session was basically the same for me so she would start to do this and I would start to follow it with my gaze. And you get really and sleepy, really sleepy. It is kind of hypnotic in a way. And and so um, the interesting thing is that, so at, at let's um, just back up for a second. So at the point in the therapy session where she brings us out, it's probably like halfway through, maybe three quarters of the way through. 
and we've talked like usually like the the agenda for my therapy session is like I'll you know tell her what I've been thinking about for the past month, what's come up for me, and and during that time I usually have have like had an experience or a moment where I'm like fuck I want to bring that up, so we'll talk, and um, we talk and we talk and we talk. We get to this point where like I'll probably get close to like this core feeling that I'm feeling that is like a negative feeling like anxiety or, or, um, stress around a certain thing. And it's very visceral. Like I, like I carry my stress. I feel like in my chest, like my anxiousness, like I can feel my chest tightening. And so when we get to that experience where I feel that she will pull up this like metal rod, put it up my butt. And then that's the end of the session. <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> and then you pay her in cash. <laughs> so she, she pulls the up the metal rod and and she'll be like, okay, I want you to focus on that feeling and really like go towards that feeling, um, which could be really intense for somebody who's who's been through a traumatic experience like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big part and part of the word EMDR is that that last part reprocessing. So you're trying to reprocess that physical feeling, mm-hmm. and and work through it and go towards it while you're doing this activity. So uh, so she's moving the thing across the front of my vision, and at some point there's also uh, something that's called brain spotting that's slightly different, but like you, you hold it and you focus on the spot. And, um, in that moment, she'll like sort of hold it in a certain point and I just start focusing on it. And all of these sessions up until this last one, I had just started like sort of like meditating on this feeling that I had. And I would almost like do like self therapy in my head. Like, why do I feel that way? Like, where does this come from? What sort of past experience do I feel? I feel like is connected to this. And usually after, and and this goes on for like 10 or 15 minutes of silence. And usually after that time, I will like almost like reprocess and, and think totally differently about the entire situation and have this like aha moment where I'm like this thing, like this is the thing that I learned in this moment. And I'll feel like really, do you like debrief proud. that kind of thing with with her? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, then right. uh, then I'll talk to her about it. Then and yeah, yeah. and then we'll usually do some grounding work, and then the session's over. Cool. Um, but this last session that I had last week, we were doing this and going into therapy. I was really tired. Like I I told you guys, I've been going through this like bit of a burnout, and I was really looking forward to this therapy session. But I really didn't feel like doing the mental gymnastics or work to get to that yeah. point. And so she was moving the thing across my field of view and she just stopped at a certain point and stayed there. And I just like, didn't even try to think about the feeling that I had. I was just like kind of resigned to the fact that like, uh, I'm not going to really get much out of this session today. And then I like, I felt my body sort of tighten up and I started yawning and I was I couldn't stop yawning. Like I just felt like my whole body like Ooh. like yawn and then like release and then yawn and then release. And I was like, I can't, I don't know where this is coming from. Little side note, interesting thing. Do you know, uh, I learned this on uh, Stuff You Should Know. One of the theories behind what yawning is, because it's like the, the jury's still out on what exactly yawning is, like why we mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. But one of the like, one of the leading theories is that we yawn when we are transitioning from one state to another. It's exactly what she said. Yeah. yeah. So you're going from sympathetic to parasympathetic nervous system. Sure. And so, I mean, that's one example of yeah. like tra- changing from one state to another. But I think it, 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 it's, um, I think it's broader than that. But right. yes, like yeah. that, that would be an example. Well, right? so I, because like I, so I <laughs> asked her afterwards. I was like, um, honestly, I, I, I feel like I told her this experience. Like usually, I think about things. Today, I didn't. But like, I'm really. Like I was yawning like crazy, like every 10 seconds, yawn, 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 like mm. more than I've ever yawned in my entire life at like one moment. And, uh, and she was like, yeah, that's, that's your body processing the trauma. Like it's not, it's not your, you're not thinking about it. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's not your prefrontal cortex that's processing this trauma. It's happening in the back of your brain and just sitting there and being with that thought in that place. And there's this, apparently there's this like, um, theory or whether it's been proven scientifically. I was reading quite a few scientific journals about EMDR before this uh, recording, but um, there's a connection between REM sleep and EMDR. So it's the eye movement that is that right. is engaged movement. or triggered when you're when you're sleeping yeah. and you're dreaming. 
And it actually is like, like that's what they think there's a connection between dreaming and reprocessing right. thoughts and also EMDR and being awake and reprocess, right. reprocessing thoughts. So that makes it's sense. a connection between the back part of your brain that stores these like emotional traumas that you can't, you know, cognitively like understand or think about, but that is being actually triggered to like reprocess the grief. And I was so tired afterwards, like, like felt like I had just like done an, an hour of exercise, but also felt probably the best that I felt after a therapy session. And it was so like, it was really hard for me to understand because cognitively I was like, the fuck was that? I didn't do it. it. Like I didn't, I didn't do anything, but I was there and I was present and I was like, it's not that I wasn't Mm. thinking about anything, but I was really Mm. like resigning myself to like the idea that I had to try to solve what I was going through. And it was super like powerful experience. I was, yeah, it really, it really hit me. Like I'm excited to like do that again next time now. Uh, Let's uh, let's wrap this up. But uh, for folks that are listening to this and they're hearing this and going, fuck, you know what? I think I want to see if I can like find a therapist for myself. Uh, what do you what do you suggest for those folks? Yeah. So for me, um, somebody recommended psychology dot com, which is not a sponsor of this podcast. But um, I, I so it's basically like the yellow pages for for therapists. And right. you can go on there and you can search by you know, there's a bunch of different filters that you can choose and for modify. All the, for all the Gen Zers out there who just heard you say Yellow Pages and went, I have no idea what that is. It's like a repository of uh, yeah. business people. For all the people who <laughs> don't know what the word repository means. A collection of uh, therapists. Okay. Uh, and and uh, and so the cool thing is, is that I actually, I know that people struggle with finding the right therapist. You oftentimes hear about people who are like, you know, I went to see this person and it wasn't a good fit. So I kept trying and I kept trying. Um, for me, I was really fortunate that the first person that I found has has worked out really well. Like I, I really am incredibly <laughs> grateful for to have her in my life now. Um, but the interesting thing I think that helped me find the right person is I sort of had an idea of who the type of person was that I wanted to speak to uh, before reaching out. And my criteria this is sound kind of dumb but for whatever reason it was important to me i wanted someone who gave off uh feminine energy and so it didn't necessarily have to be uh a woman or someone who identified as a woman but somebody who gave off like to me gave off feminine energy because growing up i always felt more comfortable talking to girls about you know my emotional struggles or problems than i did guys and also i wanted somebody who was who had young energy. So again, didn't have to necessarily be a young person, but you know, based on, on their profile on psychologytoday.com, gave off some sort of like young energy. And that was it. Like that was my only criteria. And I didn't care if they were a psychologist or a, a psychiatrist or a counselor. And so my my therapist is a counseling therapist. And uh, it's been uh, incredible working for it. And it was really easy. Like there's, you can basically... Um, book a free consultation with most of the people on psychologytoday.com. And so it's it's really, really easy to do. The one disclaimer is that obviously it's it can be expensive. And so if you don't have access to um, you know, benefits through work or yeah. or something like that, then yeah, it can be a lot of money. But I would say if you, you know, if you spend money on a gym membership each month, um, you know, or something like that, I would really I can't, I can't say how valuable, um, therapy is for me in my life. And I go once a month now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, Bri, uh, I hope you got that out of your system (laughs) and, uh, that's it. Uh, but yeah, thanks dude. Thanks for giving us a little bit of insight into, uh, where you've come so far with this, uh, this ADHD journey and who knows, maybe in like a year or two, I'll, uh, well, we'll do an episode with me and I'll talk about what I've learned if I ever get diagnosed and start taking drugs for it. And maybe uh, you like like one day when I <coughs> snap and end, up, and end up in a prison. That day is coming. Then that we, day, that then, day is right and, around the corner. And, and I get diagnosed with sociopathy. I can smell it. Then uh, yeah, you guys can talk to me. Uh, folks, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, listen, show is uh, the show is happening over on the West Coast. Uh, 
Edmonton, September 19th, Vancouver, September 21st, and Calgary, September 24th. Tickets are on sale for Edmonton and Vancouver right now as we speak. So check out the uh, the show notes below to find the ticket links for that. And uh, we'd love to see you all right there. Uh, as for the rest of um, this, well, that's it. Thanks for supporting the show. Um, we will uh, we'll be back again Friday uh, with a Feel Good Friday. But until then, if you want to support the podcast, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or just leave a rating on the Spotify mobile app. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And I'm Jeremy. And this is Sick Boy. I can't believe you guys let me do this. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.